Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker speaking to you during the second week of August 2011 and thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We have a fun show for you today, folks, because our guest is the versatile actor and comic Jason Stewart, who has agreed to talk with us today about his fascinating career in films and on TV, as well as his live performances. He boasts over 80 acting credits in movies and television, as well as extensive work on talk shows in commercials and as a producer. Jason has appeared in some of my favorite films, including Drop Dead Gorgeous, Vegas Vacation, Kindergarten Cop, which I just watched on TV the other night again, Lost and Found, and Ghosts Never Sleep. His TV appearances include performances in Gia, a TV movie starring our friend Angelina Jolie, and in popular series like The Closer, My Wife and Kids, Will and Grace, and Entourage. No stranger to live theater, he's trod the boards in Mr. Roberts, Pinocchio, and Harvey, as well as in other challenging productions. He's equally adept at drama and comedy, as proven by the diverse gay and straight roles he's taken on successfully during his remarkable career. So, it is my great pleasure to welcome him on right now. Welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters, Jason. Oh, my God, that that intro sounds like I'm dead. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) No, I'm still alive. I'm still alive. I love it because I, I I would love to be at my own funeral. I got to tell you. Well, we we didn't mean it to to be a downer. We we meant it to oh, be. Oh no no! I be, just, it, it was hysterically funny and very cute and sweet. Well, I've been I've been so eager to talk with you, Jason, ever since hearing you on uh, Nancy Lombardo's comedy concepts here on Blog Talk Radio. And well, thank you uh, so I want to thank. It was really oh, sweet of you. Well, uh, you just uh, were so entertaining, and you have so so many um, so many experiences well, in, in show. You're friends with Angelina Jolie. Well, you and I are, aren't we? I mean, you had a little a personal interaction with Angelina Jolie, and so did oh, yeah. I. So that's that's one oh, thing we have. In... How, what did you, how did you meet her? Well, when. Um, when she, when her first movie came out, Hackers. Now I've told this to my listeners, you know, often. Oh, so, uh, so listeners, if you've yeah. already heard, but I'm going to tell I'm I'm going to tell uh, Jason this. Um, her first movie was Hackers, and uh, yeah. I was living in San Diego at the time as a film critic there, and my husband was taking the photos, you know, at the interviews. So we got to interview Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller, oh, and I, yeah, and I. I think it's well. I, as a critic, I, I think it's unprofessional to have your photo taken with the people that you're interviewing. And Angelina absolutely insisted. She said, "No, you come oh. over here. You sit sit over here with us, 
And so, oh, okay. So, well, so my brother, husband brother, took a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was, and and now I'm so glad she did persuade me to do that. I mean, you don't say no to Angelina, because that, now I have that photo. And wow, do my grandkids think that I'm? Yeah, my grandkids think that I'm really, really important. And and you were, um, well, of course, you were in the movie Gia. So yeah, I had uh, done a, it, it. All comes to I had done a broad a Broadway uh, stand up show with I think it was Sandra Bernhardt in mm-hmm. the nineties, or with Joan Rivers. I did two of them. I don't remember which one. And Michael Christopher, who was the writer director of the show, who also had um, everybody knows written the uh, Pulitzer Prize winning play The Shadow Box, which is brilliant. And I, he had been at that show for some odd reason. And when I went in to come for the audition, I guess she remembered me and liked me because I read for a different part. And then they offered me the part of one of Angeline's uh, booking agents at the agency where GS was. I had three very short scenes, and he made me feel like I was the star of the film. Then one of the scenes was with uh, with Angeline Jolie. And and Mm -hmm. she was sitting her off to the side, and she was very sweet and quiet. And, you know, her character at that point had been real real drug-infested. And she said, God, I'm so nervous about playing this part. I hope I can do it. I said, I read the script. It's going to change your career. You know, yeah. you need to just enjoy the ride and do your work. And and she said, oh, God, thank you. And then we, you know, moved on and hung out the day and shot my scenes. And she was cut, when I saw the movie, she was cut out of the scene. Oh, darn. So, of my scenes, but certainly not cut out of the film. And... Um, <laughs> At the screening, the, the cast and crew screening of the film, which was at the Writers Guild in Beverly Hills, I hadn't seen her in a very long time. She comes over to me. I'm standing on one side of the room. She's standing on the other. And she walks all the way across the other side of the room and comes over to say hello and says hello to me. And I thought, wow, how gracious. She was I'll always gracious. remember that, you know. Yeah, she she's really she's really uh, something, and uh, so um, I, I'm so glad that you you shared that with us. But I we need to get the go ahead here before we get in um, into the interview because uh, Danny is waiting to let us know if the chat room is open and ready for people to sign in and participate. Danny, is are all systems systems go in the chat room? Everything's ready in the chat room, and we roll out the red carpet for everyone in the chat room. So if you want to sign up to speak with us in the chat room, go to the top right-hand page on your um, computer and click Sign Up for Blog Talk Radio. It's absolutely free and takes about three seconds, and that will put you in the chat room to ask your questions and make your comments. Thanks right, so much. Love to hear. Yeah, we we really love the the uh, people who sign up and appreciate their their comments. And so we we want to thank Danny for doing such a good job with the chat room and the people who have who have signed up. Um, we also appreciate you know we appreciate them and we appreciate all our listeners and we also appreciate Jazz Shaw for being here to co-host the show. Hi, Jazz. We missed you last week. Hi, Betty Jo. Uh, yeah. Thanks for, you know, holding my spot and keeping the seat warm. I uh, just returned recently from the far northwest reaches of Canada in a place where it doesn't even get dark this time of year. It was quite the adventure, but that's a story for another day because this is Jason's day. <laughs> right. Well, oh, well we're no, so glad. Well, nice to meet you, Chaz. 
And you too. And I just want to say right off the bat, it, it's quite the coincidence. It's funny how these things happen that the three of us get together, and all three of us doing one interview about you have you know that own that special personal connection with Angelina Jolie, which which, which is amazing. And you know, it's just you had one the way too? The, the full. Oh yeah. Although I believe I, I'm not entirely sure, but I believe the restraining order has expired by now. But, uh, oh no! The, the, no! <laughs> yes, yes. We we are glad in spite of that. Yes, we're glad. Well, mine we're is glad inspired with Brad, so we're exactly on the right page. Fabulous! <laughs> and and by the way, uh, I'll uh, in total seriousness, the the fact that you were in Gia is still incredibly impressive to me because I am just like the biggest fan ever of that film. I've probably watched it like ten times, and well, most it's of Angelina Jolie's work. But it was it was it was brilliant, but heartbreaking film that I think struck one of the first blows, drawing attention to something extremely important, and it wasn't just important to the gay community like some people wanted to to think at that time. Pretty much to everybody on the planet, and it it was important work that I don't think was judged well enough in its time. I think really? that's a good it was point. nominated and everything. Yes, but it should have won. I think that's what uh, <laughs> it, it should have won, and and, and I, I think it also got brushed off as being a bit more of of like a sex exploitation uh, flick in, in by some critics in some areas. Really? And, oh God! And, and, here in Los Angeles, we just sort of loved it. Yeah, well, you know, I I live very close to the Puritan areas out near Pennsylvania, so there there's different opinions in different areas, and, and I heard some some less than favorable things. But you know what? We're we're blowing through the whole show. Um, we we probably ought to get started, Betty Joe. Uh, well, yes, Jay, uh, Jazz, Jazz. I wanted I I did want to just to uh, tell you that we that we missed you last uh, Tuesday. The show was such an unusual one. The last part of the episode turned out to be a roast of yours truly, and it was very funny. So if listeners haven't seen, haven't heard uh, last week's show, be sure to check the archives. But it was a bit embarrassing. However, I think we raised some money for a worthy cause, so I wanted to make sure to thank everyone who ordered the Kindle version of Confessions of a Movie Addict because my author's royalties go to Martin Scorsese's Film Foundation, which was founded uh, to help film preservation. So I wanted to make sure uh, before we got uh, got deep into the interview uh, that I uh, didn't forget to thank everyone for that. But let's Let's go on with the with the show today, Jazz. I know you have some some questions for for Jason, so you have I, the floor. I do, now. And, and, I, and I'm so disappointed that that I missed a roasting opportunity because you know I'm still trying to get my stand up career going again, you know, and then that would have just been great for me. But Jason, you you and I are uh, almost exactly the same age, amazingly enough, and your your filmography, uh, your, your body of work goes back a really long time. You were. Uh, oh, God. It, 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 if I'm, if I'm reading everything correctly, you were. Uh, no, you no, know, that, all the ages are wrong, and I'm throwing up in my mouth right now. If you say it out loud, I'll just, I'll just drop dead. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna toss out any numbers, but I was gonna say that uh, you were uh, still a kind of a babe in the woods when you got your your first uh, credits marked down. Uh, you were, you were quite the young man, and I'm sure you're still quite the young man now. Um, how, how did, you, when did you decide that you wanted to be in film? Uh, Oh, honey, I was just in entertainment in general. I want the first play I did was a forum play at my temple when I was eight years old. So I've been wanting to be an actor since I was a baby boy. My first inspiration certainly was I Love Lucy because it used to play 
you know, on TV here in Los Angeles between six and seven, two episodes every night. <laughs> and we'd sit there with our little black and white portable television on top of a stool in our octagon-shaped breakfast room as we watched it during dinner. And my brother and I could guess which episode it was just by looking at it. So that show, because I always thought the acting on that show was really good. It really inspired yeah. me. And then I fell wow. in love with acting. As the movies went on, I just fell in love with the idea that you could go into a room in the dark, watch something, and your whole life could change. The way you and, and you, and you were and getting stuff. ready to yell at me for revealing your age. You're talking about black and white television. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you have more credits than we could possibly go through. What do you consider to have been, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something on film that was huge, but what was your big break? What what got you noticed that you you well, do, do you see any thing. one point as like a turning point? Yeah, the one reason my stand up uh, stand up comedy special is called Jason Stewart making it to the middle was because I don't think I've ever had that one thing that everybody goes, oh my god, that's who you are. You know, when, you know, when we were kids, you'd be on a TV show. There were three networks if you were on a show. I remember when I was on the Merv Griffin show, it was the first talk show I ever did. It was in 1986. And it was one of the first things I ever did. I was a baby. And it was in the last year of his show, being on television. And everybody, you know, knew that I was on that show. And that was the last of that kind of stuff. Mm. There really is no one thing that makes you go, oh my God, that's who he's done. Now, I can go down the line and say, you know, certain things that I thought were really big for me. I think certainly Star Search originally, then being the traffic school guy on TV, then uh, the Drew Carey show was a big deal for me at the time. Uh, certainly being a recurring character on My Wife and Kids, doing a couple movies like Coffee Date, A Day Without a Mexican, and guest starring on The Closer and being put up for an Emmy nomination. Those were all sort of benchmarks in my career. Uh, George Lopez, certainly, too, was a guest starring on that show, certainly uh, got me a lot of play. So those are some well, of the benchmarks of things that I've done. Jason, you you just have done so much, uh, and it seems to me like you must be constantly uh, working. And I, I just loved what Nancy Lombardo said about you on that recent uh, interview on her show when she called you a comedy chameleon. Now she and she's speaking about uh, how you you look different. There are so many uh, clips that our listeners can take a look at on uh, YouTube. And you look different practically in every one of them, and you just... Yeah, you can, you, yeah, you can go to my website, too, and see clips at jasonstewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T. And there's also my own personal YouTube page that might even have some more, because I'm constantly updating stuff. Well, I, I urge the listeners to do that. They'll get an, uh, an idea. Those of those who haven't seen seen your your work, they'll they'll know what uh, Nancy was talking about. And then when I was checking on Internet Movie Database... I noticed a statement that uh, filmmakers like to work with with you so much, <laughs> probably really? because you're such a chameleon. Yes, and they they they've said um, one of them, and I I can't remember who it was, says that you're a cross between Philip Seymour Hoffman, John Ritter, and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so oh that's, wow, that's, that's, no, that's, that I did, that I did not know, and that's just that's incredibly <laughs> sweet. Well, it's very, very impressive, and uh, I can kind of see it, you know, as I'm uh, looking at uh, at some of your work. But what I was wondering, uh, 
if you prefer doing comedy over drama, because you have done both and done them very well. Well, I've said this a lot. I've always, I always prefer working with really talented people, and I like to stay more than I have one day if I can. A lot of my parts, you know, I don't want to, you know, deceive anybody. A lot of my parts have been small, but they've all been sort of interesting. There's always something mm-hmm. interesting about them, you know. And I just love working on I mean, honestly, sometimes I think maybe I've, you know, I, I should be more particular. But, you know, when you're an actor and a comedian and you're not a big star, you just have to do, you know, what comes up. Yes, and... And, uh, and you try you... to do the best job you can with it and make it interesting and good. I mean, often, you know, uh, I've uh, rewritten a scene that I'm in. I've done that quite a bit, and a lot of times they've let me. Yeah, that, ah. that depends on the director, of course. Uh, Betty Jo, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I did notice earlier, and, and before I forget, I had mentioned to a couple of uh, my, my friends on Twitter that we were going to uh, be speaking to this particular guest, and the, a quick response came back and said that you had gotten a shout-out uh, somewhat earlier in the run from Kathy Griffin on her uh, uh, D-list show that she does, which, which I which I watch regularly. Have you have you done any work with Kathy? Do you do you know her personally? Or well, I used to. We used to talk on the phone occasionally. Uh, you know, I think in the ninety in the nineties when we'd show up in auditions together, we talked on the phone occasionally. We'd done a couple of gigs or things together. She worked in the Laugh Factory for a while, which was my home club, and I've known her. You know, just in the comedy world for a long time. Well, I was just curious. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan, you know, and, and and that was kind of exciting when I saw that it was like, oh yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah well, that did she say? did. It, did it say that I was? I don't even know what it said. <clears throat> just uh, some comment when she was at a club and and made a comment about you and and did what was described as a shout out to you. So she did. Well, that's a positive. <clears throat> if when you give a shout out wow. to somebody, that's a positive. Yeah. No positive, idea. but but you know, this is no a idea. movie. Yeah, this is movie attic headquarters, and we and we want to concentrate on on uh, movies. So, among all of your diverse movie roles, which are your favorites, and and why? Um, God, I gotta say, Coffee Date was 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 a lot of fun. I didn't realize how big a deal it was going to be when it came out because I was shooting another film uh, right after that or before it. I can't remember. I did them both back to back. I can't remember which one I did first. I did them both in uh, 2005, and they both came out in 2006. It was a film called Puff Puff Pass. It was directed by Mackay Pfeiffer from ER. It was his directorial debut. And he uh, was so so terrific to work with. And every star you could think of was in that movie. I mean, every single one uh, from Saturday Night Live. All these great comedy people. And I thought it was Sony Pictures. It was a studio film. And then I'm doing this other little movie, Coffee Day, that's really cute with Wilson Cruz and you know, Elaine Hendricks and all these people, and I thought, oh, this is a cute film, and maybe some gay people will see it, but this one became really, really popular, and the other film barely uh, got released. It got released. It's, it's on cable TV quite a while, but I starred Danny Masterson and Mackay Pfeiffer, and, uh, oh, God, John C. McGinley was in it, and from Scrubs, and Constance Marie from George uh, Lopez Show, and, oh, God, Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, and... I'm actually looking at it at IMDb. I'm not this good. Daryl Hammond and Center Alive and, and uh, Mo Collins from SCTV and oh, I can go on, you know. Davis well, Fondino. where where can can that be seen uh, by ordering it on Netflix? Do you know? You can get it on Netflix, and it's also uh, 
on cable once in a while, so I would just go into uh, you know your uh, DVR if you have one or your TiVo. Oh, good. And what did you? What role did you play in that, Jason? I played the obsessive compulsive manager of the uh, <laughs> the same guy. I thought, it's so funny because I replaced somebody at the last minute, and I wrote this part, and I said, God, this guy. They, they said this flamboyant gay guy that's the entertainment director at this drug re- rehabilitation center. And I thought, well, that's always so weird. What does that mean, flamboyantly gay guy? I know, you know, that's a. I understand what it means, but you know, what does it really mean in terms of playing a character? He said that's just one element. So I decided to play him, like he never got past the fourth grade, you know, in his, his emotional <laughs> development. That he was really very immature. And there was one thing in the scene where he says to the guys, he says he calls them drug addicts. Oh. Well, and then I were... asked the director, I said, Makai, do you think I can work that into every scene? And then recently I actually got a uh, a Facebook post about somebody had seen it, I guess, on television or, or rented it or something. And, all, and also when I'm walking down the street and I'm in an area that might be a little seedy, once in a while someone will come over to me and they'll go, poke, poke, pass, man, we love that. <laughs> and, I know, and then I was with somebody on a date and he said, what the hell does that mean? I said, oh, honey, that's just a movie I was in. Don't worry. It has nothing to do with – he's not trying to hurt us or anything. It's just a pothead. And it's all, <laughs> all the potheads love me because of that movie. Well, you had uh, – you played a manager in a lot of movies. But in um, – I just watched Kindergarten Cop the other night and uh, saw you in the scene. Well, I haven't that played a lot of hairdressers. Hairdressers. I think I would play a lot more hairdressers, but I've only played two or three. <laughs> Well, you, you, uh, I think you were explaining on Nancy's show that uh, you, you actually became friends with Carol Baker. That's that's the actress that you were supposed to be doing her hair. She was the villain in Kindergarten yeah. Cop. She she was great in that. So yeah, did you? How did it? How did it happen? And what about um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Did you get it? Any, have any well, interaction with story. him? I'll tell, I'll tell another story. Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. And, you know, this was at the height of his fame. I mean, he couldn't have been bigger, you know. Yeah. And I was absolutely thrilled. This was the first really – I'd done one other studio picture called Cross My Heart with Martin Short and um, Annette O'Toole, directed by Armin mm-hmm. Bernstein and written by Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote, you know, um, The Big Chill and uh, yeah. so many other films that we love, The Laurel Canyon and, and uh, The Accidental Tourist. And, he, you know, he was on the set, and I got to meet him. And I played a waiter in that film, and he only saw basically a piece of my face and uh, my ass. <laughs> oh, really no. Saw. I think I had a couple of lines. I was a waiter. But in Kindergarten Cop, there was this really big scene. I mean, it was really complicated with, like, ten different cameras and people running in and shooting and, you know, a little improv. Yeah. And I, you know, oh, God, I didn't know what was going on. And I remember um, when... Uh, I was doing it during a break. I think Arnold and his bodyguard and double went shopping in the mall that we were shooting in. And then I, I thought, wow, that's interesting. And, th- and they walked around the mall, mall as if no one was following them. And, then, uh, and literally there were 40 or 50 people following him everywhere he went. It was hysterically oh. funny. I mean, there goes Arnold in the sweater department. Then he walks over to Belts, and 40 people follow him. And they, I mean, and the bodyguard is right there. And no one says anything. They're just following him around. I thought this was hysterical. I, I could not believe it. Me and the girl that played the, uh, the um, I think she was the, uh, she played these, I don't know, she was doing her nails. I think she played the nail gal in it. And she and I were friendly because I was a hairdresser. She was the nail gal. She, we, we could not stop laughing. 
and uh and did you and then um you you did uh, run an errand for Carol Baker. I uh, I remember. Oh, you want to tell that story again? Okay. Yeah. Well, Carol sure. did not want me to did not want me to touch her hair, and I'm the hairdresser, <laughs> and Ivan Reitman, the director, comes over and says, "You'll do this and this and this." And so I said, "Oh my God, how am I going to get this woman on her side so she knows that I'm not going to make her look like a crazy person?" But that's what I have to do. In the scene. <laughs> so she lost her glasses, her reading glasses. So I went all over the mall. And I looked for a, a glass store during one of our breaks. Because I think I was there four days or five days doing this. And I went around looking, and I found this place. I said, Carol, I found this <clears throat> Excuse me, this place where I can get you, where you, you have some reading glasses, you know. And she said, oh, God, thank you. And we went. And, and she couldn't have been more nice. And from then on, we were fast friends. And we, we, we actually talked on the phone for a couple of years after that. Yeah, she was certainly uh, big there for a time with uh, movies like oh Baby, God, 50s, Baby Doll and the, Carpet yeah, the Bagger. Yeah, the 50s, she was just, you know, in the 90s, she was made a little bit of a comeback. She sort of disappeared in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, she made a big comeback. And then now she's, you know, she's probably 75 or 80 years old. Well, she or, she's still... A- actually, I those... the correct answer is 29. Whenever we talk about any woman on the show, <laughs> the, the answer is 29. Oh. Good point. Good point to ask. Well, what about Drop Dead Gorgeous? That's that's one of my favorite. Yeah, you're comedies. thinking it's the other film. Now, this is a film. I this is not Drop Dead Gorgeous, the uh, film with Kirstie Alley. No, oh heck, I thought that that's what it was. Yes, I know everybody does, and I try to let them believe it, but I was not <laughs> in that one. I did this. I did another film, oh, and it was. Um, well, we'll move on. <laughs> so. It was produced by a friend of mine, Andrew Cunt. And starred Stephen Burkoff, you know, from all those Beverly Hills Cop, the villain guy. And he's the playwright yeah. and the actor, Stephen Burkoff. So it was really cool. I yeah. played a hairdresser named Tim Honda. I mean, you not a hairdresser, a lot of I was hairdressers. A, uh, a clothing wow. designer. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to check that one that one out. I could probably get that on, on Netflix, too. But, well, you must it's have had It's on cable uh, had... right now, honestly. It's on cable right now. It is. <laughs> yeah, someone and told me. Well, Facebook tells you everything. That's true. That's true. Does, Facebook's so. too slow. you got to get it on Twitter, really. I mean, that's instantaneous. So. I tried to read the Twitter, and I'm not, I'm not so good at it because you can't, you can't communicate with people in the same way, can you? Oh, it's, actually, I, I find it a lot better to communicate. It's instantaneous. I've, I've got closing in on 3,000 followers, and... Uh, oh, I guess I don't have as many. Everybody Twitter me because I don't have as many Twitter people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm let's get together after now. the show, and I'll, I'll make sure we try to get you some more followers. I, I absolutely, I would love we can, that. We can do that. Well, I wonder. Uh, I, I like to ask this question of uh, all our stars, and I was oh, wondering please. if you well, could maybe start. Maybe I should hang up, and you should call one. <laughs> I've already got one on the phone here. <laughs> if you could star in the remake of a classic film comedy, which one would it be? Oh, God. Maybe Tootsie? I, that's the one I thought of. That's what I was going yeah, to mention. Yeah, maybe Tootsie would be fun. Or maybe um, comedies. Not just comedies? Yes, a comedy. Oh, maybe... Uh, it isn't a comedy, but I thought it would be fun to do Boogie Nights and play Philip Seymour Hoffman's role in that. He was sort of okay. very funny in it. 
See what well, is- well, you're supposed to have uh, uh, remind people somewhat of uh, uh, Hoffman too, so maybe that's a good choice. But I think I think uh, Jason Stewart in Tootsie would be something that I would uh, line first at the box office to see. But I'm, I don't want to monopolize because I know Jazz has more questions, and we did want to cover your um, work on uh, television. So go ahead, Jazz. Yeah, Betty Jo always wants to focus on movies, and, and Lord only knows I love movies, but I was a child of the TV generation. You, you made appearances in even some of the more short-lived shows that were actually – old favorites of mine. You had the John Larroquette show and Sequest and, and just a bunch of things that I would geek out over. Um, did did you have a favorite amongst your TV work as opposed to the movies? You know, what I, I, you mentioned a couple already, but there was was there anything that really stood out as being the most fun? And it's like, hey, well, I'm really glad I did that. My first job ever was on a show called Life and Times of Eddie Roberts that starred, um, oh, God, Rainy Temple and Joan Hodgkins. I think that's her name, Joan, from... My World and Welcome to It, and uh, mm-hmm. Billy Barty, and all these people. So it was the first job ever, and it was a guest star. So that really sort of, you know, that that sort of just sticks in my mind. And it was directed by, uh, oh, God, Drake. What was his name? And he directed all the Mary Hartman shows. So I was like in heaven on that one. I'm trying to think of uh, the shows uh, I have. Uh, talked about uh, that. Sorry about the dog. <laughs> We have sound yeah. effects. We've always wanted sound yeah, effects. Yeah, we, we, we always we always have to have sound effects. Um, I, I, I'm going to skip along before because we're going to burn through the entire show pretty quickly here. Uh, as opposed to just your you know film and uh, uh, TV and movie work, you work in comedy. Which and every time we have somebody who does that, we we comment on the fact that. And I have a little experience there myself. That that's the hardest thing in the world to do is comedy. I mean, when when you die doing comedy, you really just die, and uh, it, it, it's painful. Um, how did you decide to? Have you ever had a lot of trouble with that? Was it always natural for you? Were you just a funny person who made people laugh, or I was did, always did you go person, through the panic? I was always a funny person, but the, I was never funny. I, I was never a great. I never think of myself as a great writer. So I had to sort of mesh all that stuff. And it took me a couple of years because I think I come from an acting background. So I thought, I, at first I thought of myself playing a character in, of a comedian. So, it was, so I think I sort of spent three years sort of finding myself before I started to work. But after I, found, and after I came out ten years later is when things really started to just go. So that that might have been part of a turning point for you. If if I had to give you a choice, if if you uh, you know put money and everything else aside, would you rather do a comedic role in like a TV or movie situation, or do you like stand up better and the challenge? Well, it, it wouldn't have to be comedic. I just like to work with really great people, so I would much rather act. Oh, okay. I like comedy. Uh, personally, I, comedy I find stand up like- terrifying. You know, but well, it's really rewarding when it works. You have to deal with with it's the, it's the people that you have to deal with, not the audiences. The audiences are absolutely fabulous. It's the other people. You know, it's the bookers and the the way PR has changed and right. traveling so quickly. Ooh, yeah. It's kind of a hard hard job, I I think. To it's be, a hard uh, life. It's a, I think it's a young person's life. Well, who who do you think are the most humorous comics working today? Do you want to take a stab at that, or would that um, be that um, I like? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I got to tell you, Mary Jo, I'm not. 
uh, I'm not a um, a comedy person in the sense that I don't listen to comedy constantly for two reasons. Um, I'm much more of a theater movie guy, and I'm oh, in terms yeah, of my, yeah. what I like to watch with time. And so I love comedy, and I respect it and what it brought to me. You know, it, I've, I've done it for so many years, it's hard to see something new. And, Excuse uh, me, Jason, we're getting a lot of feedback here. Uh, Danny, do you know what's causing that? Uh, yes, it was jazz. <laughs> jazz. Oh, damn it, jazz. This is my interview. You're ruining everything. I'm hanging up. <laughs> and the dogs and the ocean is what it sounded like. <laughs> okay, thank, thank you, Danny. Uh, we're sorry, Jason. Go ahead. and. <laughs> Um, I forgot what I was talking about. What the hell was I talking? Oh, about comedians. Yeah, so right. I, I, um, I, I mean, I love. I think I love the some one person shows that I've seen more than the stand-up because it's a little more interesting. And you, you know, I can see a joke coming a mile away. So if I don't see it coming, and I don't like this new style of parroting old jokes. You know, mm. I don't like old jokes. I don't like racist jokes. And just, and you just, there's a lot of comedians doing you know, old jokes and doing stereotypical humor under the auspices of it being satire. And it doesn't really interest me. I I like that uh, answer. And uh, you're yeah. you're more of an actor than a than a comic is what I is what I think you're uh, what I think you're saying too. I gotta say I can't I can't say that because I've I've done a lot of comedy and I've been very lucky and I've been very the audiences are great and I have a great time. You yes, know. and and you're very very well received, and of course I'm I'm turning the discussion now back over to the movies because I was looking at some of the movies that you have coming up that are in post production, and um, I'm just going to read the list. It's quite impressive. Bear City Two, K Eleven, Home Invasion, Walk a Mile in My Pradas. And Paul Cruz, Latin actor, which is a mockumentary, and I well, love that, yeah, mockumentaries. That, 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 that I did years ago. For some reason, the date is now. I don't know why. There was a pilot I did. It really wasn't a movie. Ah, it's a very TV it's, movie when it's a pilot. I see. I see. Well, it's listed in uh, – it may not be in, uh, listed in post-production, but I like the title of that because I, I like <laughs> – I really love mockumentaries. But what's this Walk a Mile in My Pradas? It's a uh, romantic comedy about basically a switch. It's basically the same movie we've seen over and over again, but it, with a different twist. And it's very cute. And Tom Arnold is in it. You know, one guy is gay, one guy is straight, and then they switch the different their body switch. And I play, I'm just a cameo in it. I play a very funny Jewish doctor. If I do tap my own horn, it was the first time I've ever gone to a screening where I got a uh, where where I got clapping after my scene. Really? All right. And and do you have any idea when that's coming out? It sounds like a, a fun movie. If they go to my website, it's playing a lot of different festivals, and it's won a number of awards. I'm not sure Great. what the distribution deal is. Don't let the whole show slip away without uh, mentioning that for uh, Betty Jo's listeners who, who want to follow this. Uh, what What is the website? What's the URL? Uh, JasonStewart.com, S-T-U-A-R-T, and, of course, Facebook, which is the same thing. I'm going to have to start another Facebook page because I'm running out of room. So I'm I'm going to have to start an actual fan page. I think I'm up to almost 5,000. 
And and what's your Twitter mm-hmm. handle, by the way? Just Jason Stewart. Jason, Jason underscore Stewart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Keep it simple. Well, what is this home invasion all about? Is it a home invasion well, that, movie? That's a thriller. It's a drama. A thriller, great. A thriller. You know, um, and, I, I play a chef in a restaurant that is owned by my best friend, played by Lisa Sheridan, and two bad people, C. Thomas Howell and Haley Duff, are stalking uh-huh. her, and they and I, they put poison people in my restaurant, and I'm very upset. And it po- supposedly <laughs> it's supposed to, you know, uh, go to uh, Lifetime. It's supposed to be on Lifetime either later this year or next year, I'm assuming. Well, we'll look for that. And K11? K11 I just did. Now, it's a, K11 is the, the name of the section for gay film, for gay, uh, I'm sorry, for gay uh, people who get um, put into prison. So I was offered this part by lovely casting director Pam Dixon so I did I just assumed I'm playing a gay guy bullying somebody in prison but I wasn't I play a straight guy who hates gay people and I have a really cool scene I play a laundry trustee and I just did oh. that two weeks ago so that's uh, fresh in your in your memory and Bear City 2 that I'm doing in September and I and I the director just called when I was on the line with you so I actually did not take his call wow um, and uh, I am going to shoot that in uh, September. They just did my flights and everything today, and and I'm doing a couple of days on that. I play a producer of a a uh, documentary within the film, and I have some funny scenes. And I the bear is in the gay community is a uh, hairy big guy, and I play uh, a cop who's a producer of a wannabe. Well, I, I'm very I just, obnoxious and over the top. So- I talk it's just like so great this to, and then very, you know. <laughs> it's so it's so great to to know that you've got all of all of this work uh, coming out and and um, I'm afraid that we've been neglecting our our chatters. Let's check with Danny to see oh, if great. there's a report from the chat. Uh, Danny, how are things going in the chat? Everything's going great. Everybody's fascinated at what all you have done, and they're just giggling. They say you are so funny. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is funny, even though he won't own up to being being a comic. He's definitely very, very funny. Well, thanks, Danny, and thanks uh, to the chatters uh, for their reactions. We really appreciate it. Are there any questions it. that I can answer? Anybody have a question I can answer? Or? No questions. I already posted. Well, there was a couple questions about your Twitter and Facebook and such, but I already posted those links up, so we're good to oh, go. Oh, thank you. You're yeah, welcome. we just we we just gave Jason a big shout out on Twitter a couple seconds ago, so that's good. Okay, everybody, twi- does that mean I have to accept you, or are you are you are you just get in? Wow, you really don't use Twitter much, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think... I'm signed I'm signed up to follow you and uh, and just directed some other people to do so. You don't have to do a thing. So just just sit back and enjoy uh, having more more followers and. Uh, We'll we'll sit back and wait for for some of these wonderful new movies that are coming out, and we'll also go to your website www.jasonstewartstuart.com and look at some of. Yeah, you'll see there on the it's a page called the update page, and that'll tell you everything uh, you know uh, that's going on. I'm pretty I keep it pretty much up to date, you know, within a couple days of things happening. 
It's oh, a great. For those of you who are listening who are in Orange County, this Friday I'm going to be doing a big benefit for the Gay and Lesbian Center on Friday. And then if you live in Hawaii, I'm doing a show at a hotel there on the, uh, I think it's the 19th or 20th that weekend. And it's all on my appearance page on my website. Great. Yeah, we well, got, it's we got, an awesome. We, we, we got to find out if if Jason, uh, by any one in a million chance, is a Republican, and if he was, we got to hook him up with Chris Barron to hook up with GoProud for one of their events. So, because I guess I'm working with Are you kidding me? I'm oh, gay. Come on. We, we have GoProud. I, I work with GoProud. It's the, the gay Republican shopping mall. Well, we we try to stay away from from politics on Movie Attic headquarters. Uh, so. We can just try we to drum up some work. Touch, we can have you get in touch with with, Jay, with Jason. But uh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to say our time is all, almost up. Jason, thanks so yep. much for being such a fun and awesome guest, and best wishes for your continued showbiz success. We hope you'll come back when you have a particular project, another project you'd like to talk about. Will you do that? Sure. Great. We'll we'll look forward to that. Well, it's time it to wrap things up both now. Very sweet, very sweet, and I so appreciate it. Well, we've enjoyed uh, having you as our guest. Thank you so yes, much. Thank you for coming. Thank you. And, Take um, care, everybody. You too. Bye for now. Bye bye. Oh, Jason is is so much uh, fun, and I just want to give a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio and at WRSP nine three six for their support, and I want to thank. Uh, thank Jason again, Jazz, and Danny for making today's show such fun. Thanks also to our chatters for their contributions and to our other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time when director Michael Weber will be here to discuss his award-winning documentary, The Elephant in the Living Room. It's a real eye-opener about the dangers posed by exotic pets. So don't miss this interview. In the meantime, please check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So let's call on Kenny Loggins to take us out with one of our favorite musical numbers. Get ready, everyone. Here comes Footloose.
the cat. 